Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. In your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus, who was like God in everything. But he didn't think that being equal with God was something to be used for his own benefit. But he gave up his place with God and made himself nothing. He was born to be a man and became like a servant. Philippians 2, verses 5 to 8. Paul pointed to Jesus as the ultimate example of servanthood and selflessness. Jesus gave up his rights as God so we could be saved. In his book, Descending into Greatness, Bill Hybels says Jesus deliberately stripped himself of everything, his divine rights and privileges, and crossed the unthinkable chasm between God and man. The unlimited God became limited man. Perhaps we can think of it as a man in his prime, intellectually and physically becoming an infant. Jesus knowingly embraced a life of giving, serving, losing, and dying. What is really hard for us to swallow, as Jesus' followers, is that we're called to do the same. Obviously, we're already lowly man, but have we embraced a life of giving, serving, and losing? We're called to make ourselves nothing, to humble ourselves, to view our importance as insignificant. Painful as it is, descending is the only way way to greatness, rising to the bottom. When asked about the two greatest commands, Jesus replied to love God and to love others. That's what motivated Jesus, and that's what's to motivate us. Paul continued in Philippians to say that as a result of what Jesus did, he was exalted. Our reward is in heaven. We're promised that. How can I become like nothing and expand my service to others? How can I become more like Christ, the ultimate example of servanthood. Hello there. Welcome to the Sociable Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McMenny, and I'm here to dispel any preconceived ideas you may have about what educating your children at home looks like. It can be straightforward school or no school at all. It can involve world travel or a comfy seat on the couch. It can be in pursuit of passion passions or simply hanging out in a tree. Homeschooling can be embarked upon for a number of reasons too. A physically challenged child or parent, the threat of bullies and overwhelming peer pressure, a particularly brilliant child who's bored in kindergarten, a conflict in religious values or a desire for the family closeness missing in your upbringing. For me, it's a lifestyle that suits the maverick lurking within. I wanted to be the one who saw the light bulbs go on. I wanted to be there at turning points in my children's lives. I didn't want to hand them over to folk who were not their mother and I wanted to make my own decisions about how to raise my children. On my show, I've spoken to a wide range of homeschooling mothers, fathers and graduates who find educational opportunities in whatever they're doing and they thrive. I've moved in and out of my comfort zones. God and children will do that. I've gained maturity, wisdom and experience and I'm here to share it with you. With or without my children underfoot, my life is often ordinary, always busy and sometimes 
sometimes roller coaster, but for me, it starts and ends with God. The beauty of a brilliant church choir, mild weather to greet us on our return to Texas. Crickets drowning out the traffic on my evening walk, bacon cooking in the dining room of our hotel, and being able to visit some of our children whenever we feel like it. If you pop by, I'll offer you a cup of Tetley's tea and a blueberry muffin to thank you for staying. I'm broadcasting this week from Richardson, Texas, and after the first break, I'm going to be talking to Sonia Schaefer about Charlotte Mason. And it doesn't matter if you have no idea who she is or or already acquainted with her, you'll not want to miss our conversation about facts and ideas, whole books, atmosphere, discipline, and life. So stay tuned. I'm all set. Grab whatever it is you're drinking and let me engage you with the latest and greatest from the household of the McNinnies. We've moved again. We're catching up on films we missed over the summer. I'm reflecting on the importance of the kitchen in our lives and how writing shapes my days. We're back in Texas, as you gathered. Our road trip was unable. Are you ready? Set for a crashing part of Florida where we stopped for the first night. But hey, we're used to those tropical storms now, and we took it in our stride. We found a delightful Indian restaurant and had the best tandoori and korma since London. It was a great reintroduction to eating out. As homeschoolers, we only ate out occasionally, and mainly at somewhere like CC's or equally as cheap. Every now and again for birthdays or end of the school year, we'd go to a fancy restaurant. But as our children grew older, we realized that food cooked at home far surpassed anything we ate out. So even occasional visits to upmarket restaurants ground to a halt. I strongly believe our family glued it together while gathered in our kitchen. How about you? We've eaten hot tortillas fresh from the frying pan, jam tarts while the filling cooled, cake still runny at the centre, shortbread softened in hot coffee, toasted bagels with cream cheese and marmite, those melt-in-your-mouth bits of brisket after a night of cooking, can you just smell it? And skin off a chicken with a heart fresh from the oven. We've sampled taco meat, deviled eggs, soups for spiciness, we've felt Butter dripped down our arms from a chunk of home-baked bread, breathed in the bergamot of Earl Grey tea, spiked our hot chocolate and grimaced with a brain freeze from those thick and creamy milkshakes made for Sunday suppers. Are your mouths watering? We squeezed lemons for the curd, shelled pecans for pralines, whipped cream for trifles and mud pies, kneaded dough for cinnamon rolls and raced cars across the floor yelling, double, double, double. We've told the stories of our days, gathered at the large scrub table or around the butcher's block and stove, whether sipping crisp champagne or dribbling egg yolk down our chins, the kitchen has always been by far the most important room in our house. Let's not forget the beer making when we all got older. Nothing like a good old reminisce with a wooden spoon and a steaming pot of water. If we can't be mixing up the fruit and brandy pudding for Christmas, we can be stirring the oats. I have to admit, although we're back in town and the choices to eat out are vast, we haven't darkened the doors of a restaurant yet. Well, two. We had to visit the, the eateries where our children work. We had a scone in one and a pork pie in another. Does that count? 
In La Belle, where we were living this summer, there was one really good independent coffee shop. It was a converted Chinese restaurant, the scarlet hanging lamps and the golden red brocade wallpaper were a dead giveaway. We had to make an effort to drive the 10 miles just for cappuccino, so we only did it a few times. But the big news before we left that sleepy town, Ed, was the opening of a donut shop. Not just any old donut shop either. Dunkin' Donuts, nonetheless. On our weekly trips to Mass in the grocery store, we watched it going up. And one morning, my blue-eyed cowboy came home from the post office with a bag of the sugary confections. Everything stopped for donuts and coffee and ruined our eating pattern for the day. Apart from the little coffee shop, we didn't eat out at all during that four months. We didn't go and see a film, and we hardly talked to anyone except for each other and the dogs. I was fine with that because by the last several weeks, I was spending upwards of eight hours a day writing, and with the other activities spread out during my very, very long 18 hours or whatever it is that started at six o'clock in the morning and included walking, yoga, eating, bike riding, reading and watching an English show for an hour with my blue-eyed cowboy in the evening. Time just flew by for me at least, but my Texan carved crosses out of palm branches, which when dry are very hard wood. I hadn't realized that. And I have some lovely original pieces and so do the children. He also made a wind chime out of freshly harvested bamboo, some rustic bowls for my apple snail shells and a few artistic works of art, all of which made it home unscathed. In the afternoons, he grew a little weary of his computer, so he'd cook some pretty special meals for his hardworking wifey, that was me. He'd fish a bit, tease the alligators, and will me to leave my computer and keep him company for a while. We enjoyed being just us chickens, and I've discovered I don't miss Turkey Creek at all because it wasn't the house and the surroundings or the dogs, all of which were really amazing, don't get me wrong. It was the company I kept that mattered the most, and he travels with me. And I'm just as contented in this freeway-locked two-bedroomed Hawthorne suite where I office upstairs with no windows to stare out of as I was surrounded by pasture lands and tall trees. That was quite a discovery. Home is where my heart is. My heart is with my blue-eyed cowboy. I don't you think? Yeah. Hey, we'll be married 30 years a month. By the time we left Turkey Creek... The travelling residents were beginning to drift back. We'd been one of three houses occupied on our street for and I loved the solitude, but happily accepted an invitation to happy hour, a weekly event during the winter months, apparently, when it's cool and pleasant to sit outside. So I took along guacamole. What else does the quasi-owner of a prophilic or prolific avocado tree take as an appetizer My son, the aspiring sustainability guru, told me how to deconstruct guacamole. Apparently it's all the rage among his friends. So I made my version, version, which is roughly chopped tomatoes, onions and cilantro, seasoned with salt and pepper and a little spicy wing sauce and chunky avocado folded very gently into it. Wow, it was a hit. My son said a true deconstruct is when all the ingredients are served separately, but I liked my version and so did everyone else. And, of course, the most important residents of Turkey Creek flew into Fort Myers on our last evening after a long flight from England to Newark and then on home. We picked the owners of the stilt house up in a storm. There was lightning everywhere, and I imagined the plane would be delayed because of the weather, but it wasn't. It dodged the bolts and arrived ten minutes early. We'd made them dinner and spent another night at the house while they 
bunked down in their RV. And then we left the following day at noon after changing sheets, cleaning last minute sinks and tubs to turn everything over as they had left it. They'd wanted us to stay a couple of nights, but I'm rather glad we didn't because I could tell all they wanted to do was to get themselves unpacked and sorted and settled back after four months of sleeping in different beds, most of which were English, which means they were really small. The dogs were happy to see them and thought they were in seventh heaven with the four people they loved the best, all in the same room. We packed up our car and left just as it was time for the dogs to go on their lunchtime walk, only we were off the hook and we passed them at the bottom of the road. And it looks as though I'm very close to going on my break. You're listening to The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet Radio. And um, after my break, I'm going to be talking to this week's guest, Sonia Schaefer, founder of the company Simply Charlotte Mason. So go get a drink and come back and we'll be talking about my favorite subjects. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Then join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget on TogiNet Wednesday nights, 9, 8 central. Do you want to recreate a truly connected relationship or wonder, how do I tell my kids about things? Join Lou Paget, one of the world's best-selling authors in the field of sexuality, a certified sex educator and sought-after expert for all media and her renowned expert guests as they discuss anything and everything about sex that impacts our lives and our families' lives. For more on Lou, check out her website, loupaget.com. This is the show where the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health can finally give you the answer to that question. Join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Mobile is the future, and the future is now. Listen in each week, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 central, to Brilliant Mobile Marketing with your host, Mobile Mary, as we simplify the hottest marketing channel, mobile marketing, and share secrets on how you can use mobile to be more brilliant, be more profitable, and have more fun in your industry. Join us each week to learn from brilliant business leaders on how to simply and easily capture a list of raving fans and turn them into loyal customers. This show will help business owners, authors, and speakers realize their own brilliance by tapping into the insights of fellow brilliant business leaders. We will also showcase brilliant tools, both traditional and digital, that will make you more brilliant in everything you do. Don't miss your date with Brilliant Mobile Marketing and your host, Mobile Mary, America's mobile marketing expert, as she shares her success strategies every Tuesday from 4 to 5 Central. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Joining me this week, I have Sonia. 
Tanya Schaefer, who is going to be talking to us about a simple method of effectively schooling our children. Sonia is a popular homeschool speaker and writer specializing in Charlotte Mason. She's been on an adventure for nearly 20 years, studying, researching, practicing, and teaching Charlotte's gentle and doable methods of instruction. Her passion for homeschooling her own four daughters grew into helping others and then into simply Charlotte Mason, dedicated to helping families explore and use this wonderful philosophy of education. Simply Charlotte Mason publishes her many books and provides a place of practical encouragement to homeschoolers and can be found online at simplycharlottemason.com. Sonia also encourages younger mothers and those dealing with special needs by sharing her heart through intentionalparents.com and her book, This Anguishing Blessed Journey, A Mother's Faith Journal Through Autism. Sonia, welcome to my show this afternoon. Thank you, Vivian. It's good to be with you. Well, good. Well, Sonia, um, usually I ask people how they came to homeschooling, but I think with you that might um, become evident during our conversation because I want to talk to you about Charlotte Mason, and I'm sure you weren't raised with the Charlotte Mason method. So what or who introduced you to Charlotte Mason? You're right. I was not raised with Charlotte Mason. I was not homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Um, when when my youngest was getting ready for her kindergarten year, um, I knew I wanted to homeschool, but I had not ever heard of Charlotte Mason, so I kind of muddled through that year. And at the end of that year, I went to a state homeschool convention. And at the convention, there was a workshop where a lady very graciously said, you know, school at home does not have to look like school in the classroom. Mm-hmm. You have other options. And she just briefly outlined about five different approaches that homeschoolers can take in the methods that they use. And one of those approaches that she explained was the Charlotte Mason approach. Mm-hmm. It, it was just um, like a paragraph, hardly more than five minutes of introduction. But what she said really resonated with my my heart. So I wanted to keep researching. And um, that was before the internet. Mm-hmm. You remember those days, right? I remember those days. <laughs> yes. So um, I got a book and started reading about Charlotte Mason and implementing what I had found out. Then I would read a little more and implement a little more. And um, I've been doing that for almost 20 years now. Now, Charlotte Mason is very child-loving. Everything, you know, um, she extols the the virtues of the child and seeing the world through the child's eyes. So that is not exactly unschooling. Charlotte Mason's method isn't unschooling, I wouldn't say, per se. No, it is not. Yeah, it is very child-friendly, but it's very mm-hmm. teacher-directed. That's mm-hmm. a little different. Unschooling is more child-directed. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Mason is very much, you have structure, you have set lesson plans, but it is child-friendly. Child-friendly and also child-respectful. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that was the, the foundational tenet of Charlotte's whole philosophy is mm-hmm. that the child is a person. Mm-hmm. And so we treat them as such. They're not just a container into which we dump facts. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a person. And so we educate the whole person, body, yep. soul, spirit, mind, will, emotions, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so did Charlotte herself have children? No, Charlotte was never married. 
She did not have children, um, but she observed parents and children a lot. Mm -hmm. She um, lived with different families during her lifetime, and um, I think she had... She had great insight and great wisdom, but she also had some of that advantage that comes from being on the outside and observing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know how sometimes if you have that little distance, you have a little bit clearer picture of what's going on. And she loved children dearly. Her face would always light up when she was with the children, but Mm -hmm. she did not have any of her own. Right. you know, tempt me to go and find out a little bit more. How how would a homeschool environment look like um, if we if we use Charlotte Mason? It can look a variety of ways. Um, the the main thing is that you're going to be reading good books together. Mm-hmm. You'll do probably two or three of those in a day, but they will be intermixed with a wide variety of subjects. Um, And so you would read from the book, and the child would tell back to you, narrate to you what they had heard. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to go do something totally different, like um, you might do some math then with a lot of manipulatives. And then you're going to switch and use a different part of the brain. You're going to uh, maybe go outside and do a nature study. And then you'll come in and maybe you'll read another book at that point and narrate it. Then you might do a little handwriting. Then you might look at a beautiful picture and discuss it. So a wide variety uh, is a, a feast. Charlotte called it spreading a feast before the child during the day. And they can take from it what they are ready for, and that's okay because all of it is good stuff if you compare it to a a feast of food for the body. The other thing that you're going to keep in mind is that she had very short lessons um, for the about grades one through three. None of the subjects was longer than 15, 20 minutes maximum before you would mm-hmm. switch and do a different subject. And some of them were even shorter than that. Some of them were only 5 or 10 minutes before you switch. So you're done by lunch, and then afternoons are available to the child to pursue their own interests, to do handicrafts, to get outside, things like that. So those short lessons, though, as the child gets older, do you expand those lessons, or are they supposed to yes, stay short? Yes, that's correct. Uh-huh. Yeah. First okay. through third grade, it was about 15 to 20 minutes maximum. Mm-hmm. And then as they got older, fourth through sixth, you would nudge it out to 20 to 30 minutes max. Mm-hmm. And then the older kids had 45 minutes maximum. And she did that because it was a tool to help the children learn the habit of paying full attention for the whole lesson. Mm-hmm. And once mm-hmm. the kids have that habit in place, you start nudging out the time. You think about it, if you had a high schooler who could pay full attention for 45 minutes, you know, many adults can't pay full attention no. for 45 minutes, you could accomplish a lot in a short amount of time if, you're, if you have that habit of full attention. Now, you're talking about you would be reading 
um, good books to your child. What if mum doesn't feel that she's a good reader? How do, how, how do you deal? How do we deal with that as, as parents when we, we're not confident about reading out loud? That's a good question. She, Charlotte had the mom reading aloud to the child during those, especially during those first three grades, because she wanted the children to hear books that were at a higher level than what those beginning readers could read for themselves. Mm -hmm. So they would practice their own reading, but then they would be hearing the good books, and so the, the teacher or the parent would read them aloud. I think as with anything, you improve as you practice. Mm -hmm. And so you may feel less confident with your reading skills to begin with, but since they are short lessons, you're only going to be reading a few pages at a time, and it's going to be an interesting book. We're not talking about reading aloud textbooks here. Okay. We're talking classic literature. You know, you might read aloud um, The Wind in the Willows or Heidi or any of these wonderful children's classics, and those are going to draw you in. And so I think if you, if you practice reading aloud a short bit each day, you're going to improve on it, even, and your children will love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that I was no artist. You know, my children thought that I could draw anything when they were really young that I drew was better than they could while they were still trying to, you know, manipulate a pencil or a crayon across the page. So you are, you're, that's absolutely right. Well, and as the children get older, once they get to fourth through sixth grade, or whenever their reading skills have improved to the point where they can read those books for themselves, then the mother or teacher's mm-hmm. reading aloud pairs way down. And so the yeah. children, you kind of turn that responsibility over to the children to read independently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I know that I read to my children a lot. And even when they had were off at college and I was still reading to the younger ones, they would make time to come in and say, can I listen to? They, they still love them. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a There's very... such a bond, such a bond um, emotionally, isn't there, between the people mm-hmm. who share a book aloud together. You know, something happens and and it reminds me of, of something in a book that my daughters and I read and we'll catch each other's eye across the room and have that, that little shared moment just because of that book that we read, that we read. And when, when we all read it together, all kinds of questions and discussions come up and conversations start. And maybe we can talk about some, you know, harder life issues through the reading of a book. Oh yes. Yeah. The really good books are going to contain ideas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was a huge part of Charlotte's philosophy also. We don't just give the children facts. We give them ideas because that's mm-hmm. what they're going to grow on. Yeah. All right. Well, Sonia, I'm going to have to go on a really short break. And um, When we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about narration. I know that that's impossible just to talk for a short time, but maybe you can give <laughs> us some high points on narration. And also, 
We will so try. This idea of yes, of not getting between the child and the book when we're when we're reading out loud to the children. So um, this is Vivian McNenny. I'm talking to Sonia Schaefer, and um, she has a company and a website called Simply Charlotte Mason. And after this break, we'll be talking some more. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Mobile is the future, and the future is now. Listen in each week, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 Central, to Brilliant Mobile Marketing with your host, Mobile Mary, as we simplify the hottest marketing channel, mobile marketing, and share secrets on how you can use mobile to be more brilliant, be more profitable, and have more fun in your industry. Join us each week to learn from brilliant business leaders on how to simply and easily capture a list of raving fans and turn them into loyal customers. This show will help business owners, authors, and speakers realize their own brilliance by tapping into the insights of fellow brilliant business leaders. We will also showcase brilliant tools, both traditional and digital, that will make you more brilliant in everything you do. Don't miss your date with Brilliant Mobile Marketing and your host, Mobile Mary, America's mobile marketing expert, as she shares her success strategies every Tuesday from 4 to 5 Central. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real-world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion. Every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, you will realize dreams and aspirations you thought we're out of reach. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. All right, Sonia. Um, Charlotte Mason is a lot about narration, and I can understand why, because sometimes when we get get reading a book and we get engrossed in it, it's good for us to stop and just reflect on what we've written. I don't know how many times children are encouraged to do that um, in traditional schools, but I think it's wonderful that Charlotte Mason was doing that. So talk a little bit about narration and, and how that works and why it's important. Yes, Charlotte had the children read a portion of the book, whether the parent read it to them or they read it for themselves, and then rather than giving them a list of questions over the content and saying, okay, fill in the blank or true, false or multiple mm-hmm. choice, mm-hmm. instead of that, she would say, now, 
I read this once. You paid full attention. Now you tell me everything you can remember about it. Tell it back and put it in your own words. And that really cements the content in your head. If you try to do that with a blog post that you read or with a book that you read, do it for yourself, you will find out that it sounds simple and easy. It's a very simple method to do, but it requires a very high level of thinking because they have to take all the material in, remember it, put it in the correct sequence. It's going to mix in with other ideas that are already in their heads from other books that they have read and other experiences that they have had. And then they have to form that all into coherent sentences and give it back to you in their own words. So in the first through third grade, the children would do that mainly orally, just Mm -hmm. tell it back. Mm-hmm. Because, again, their handwriting had not yet established to the point where they could keep up with their brains. You know, writing mm-hmm. is always a slower process than you can think. And so they would just say it, say their narrations. As the children got older, they would start to write those narrations. And that is composition. That's Charlotte included composition that way. It wasn't a separate subject. So she could ask for all kinds of things with this narration tool. It was just fascinating to study how she could pull out having the children practice a descriptive composition style in their narration. Like they would read a book about geography, um, what things looked like in like the city of Rome or something. And so then for their narration, they had to describe, okay, if you were going in, what would it look like? And they would do explanation narrations about how did such and such work. Explain that to me and draw a diagram. But it was not just out of the blue. It was based on these wonderful living books, these these classic books that they had enjoyed together. It, it's quite um, quite a powerful method. Right. So you're taught you refer to living books, whole books. Some of my listeners may not fully understand what that means. We know now it's not a textbook. Tell us, tell us a little bit yeah. about what a whole book and a living book is. It's, um, usually it's a book written by one author rather than a committee who has been hired to churn out a textbook. Mm-hmm. And this one author has a passion for that subject. Charlotte described it as a person who has put his heart and his heart and soul, not just his mind, into this book. He communicates that passion for that subject. And usually it is either in story form or a very conversational tone, just as you were sitting across the kitchen table from this author and listening to him explain about something. Um, You can give a book a one-page test, to see if it's a living book. A living book is going to touch your emotions and fire your imagination. It's going to give you these ideas, not just facts. So if you grab a book that you think might be a living book and flip it open anywhere, read one page. If it touches your emotions and you can see in your mind's eye what is being described or what is being talked about, 
and it's giving you some ideas. It's not just dry facts. And when you get to the end of that page, you just, you're drawn in. You just want to keep going to see what is next. It's probably mm-hmm. a living book. If you get down to the end of the page and you kind of shrug and say, eh, whatever, then it's mm-hmm. probably not a living book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on your, on your website, you have suggestions of, of books for, because, you know, yeah. there are some parents who really have no idea they want to do this for their children, but because they haven't the background, especially some of our younger parents who are coming into homeschooling, and they really do need some kind of guidance. And I think libraries are a good are a good resource. You know, they're, they're reading, I love reading lists, actually. <laughs> Those are my things. I really <laughs> love reading lists. But do you, is that what you offer on your site? Yes, on our website, we have two places they would want to look. The first one is called our CM Book Finder, CM Mm -hmm. standing for Charlotte Mason. The Book Finder is a free database that my my friend and I put our home library titles on there of of all the living books that we have in our home libraries, And, and people can search that database We've opened it up, by the way, so that other CM moms have put their favorite books on there, too. So there are thousands of living books in that database now. So you can search it by keyword, by grade level, by school subject. And when you find the book, there will be a link to take you to Amazon so you can do the one-page test on the sample and mm-hmm. see if it draws you in. Mm-hmm. Also, for many of them, there is a link that you can put in your zip code, and it will tell you if a library near you has a copy. Right. So that has, has just thousands of titles. Mm-hmm. The other place you'll want to look on our website is our free curriculum guide, mm-hmm. where we have, obviously, you cannot read all of those books in 12 years and keep a wide variety of other things going on, too. So we have pulled our favorite books for each school subject and each grade level, and that's on our curriculum guide. So people can see from that vast collection, these are the gems. These are the ones that we really like. So with the living with the living books, say say I decide that this is the way I want to do it. I don't want to use textbooks at all. How would you teach something like science or geography? You mentioned geography. How would you teach mm-hmm. a subject like? Are there books out there that meet that criteria for those subjects? There are for geography. Um, Charlotte used the living books and narration technique for about five or six of the subjects. Okay. So it was mainly history, geography, Bible, uh, science, and literature. Mm-hmm. Those were the subjects that she used, living books and narration. And, yes, there are wonderful geography living books out there. There are wonderful science living books out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were the main ones she used, the living books and narration techniques. The other subjects, like the math and the art and the music and nature study and other things like that, she had other techniques that were used. And do you cover that in your on your website? Yes, we do. We have 
years worth of blog posts up there. If you look at our learning library, that will you can search for any of these school subjects, and it will tell you exactly how to do it. Okay. Um, we also just put together a 12 DVD set that I like to call it my brain in a box, mm-hmm. and it will take. It's kind of sad that it's such a small box, but we won't go there. Um, <laughs> It it will take someone from who was Charlotte Mason all the way up to and what does it look like in high school. Mm. So um, that DVD set is available also on our website. Wonderful. So you've got we've got the narration, which I think is is very, very interesting and very, very good for the child to. I mean, initially, it might be a little bit of a a challenge, a little bit of a stretch to remember the children are really good. They have really good older children, and this is a whole new system that you're using with with your older memories. But if you're going with old, um, that's, that's very interesting. You mentioned that's, that's really good, and memorization. How important is memorization? Charlotte did have a lot of memorization, but the key was in what was memorized. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, she did not just give them lists of facts to memorize. She gave them ideas. So mainly they would memorize scripture and they would memorize poetry and mm-hmm. hymn lyrics, which are a type of poetry also, I guess. Yeah. Um, but that was, they would memorize those and they would learn to recite beautiful words in a beautiful way. Charlotte thought that recitation and narration too were both great preparation for public speaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Many of her methods are just brilliant in um, in what they gently teach the child to do, even besides what the child is learning using that technique. What they're learning to do with the technique is interesting, and it's, it's just great. It's interesting, too, with narration. Children do this, well, we all do it automatically, very naturally. When you're interested in something, you know, if, if a child has seen something that interests him, he'll talk your ear off about it, yes, yes. telling in his own words. And and Charlotte recognized that as a natural tendency. And so she just uh, harnessed that and used it for educational purposes. So what if what you've read to the child is capturing your imagination but not your child's imagination? How, how We talk about caring a child... It's very important that you find something for the child to care about. So what if you've picked a book that you love that your child has absolutely no interest at all, doesn't do anything for your child? Yeah, that you have to kind of use your good judgment there. Um, there's, There's a balance between Charlotte said the children should enjoy the book. And we want to make sure that it's something that they are going to uh, enjoy learning from. But on the flip side, we also um, know that... Sonia, we have to go on a really short break. Let's pick this up. Oh, okay. um, uh, After this break. Okay. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. 
Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mommy to Mogul radio show, empowering women to build a successful business, invites you to join her on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. At the ripe age of five, she was already interpreting information in documents and instructions on forms for her immigrant parents. Now, through her experience and those of her guests, she provides you with valuable steps to empower you to reach financial independence. Martha A. Sanchez is a registered nurse with a bachelor in nursing and master's of business administration. She's a business coach, speaker, author, and CEO of Moss International, LLC. Her diverse work experience brings you expertise in areas essential to customer service, social media, and budgeting. The Mommy to Mogul radio show furthers her personal mission of empowering women to help them build successful businesses so they can reach financial independence. Join Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mommy to Mogul radio show, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirit Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, Sonia, just as we were going on our break, um, you were saying that Charlotte Mason said how important for the children to enjoy the book. So as a parent, we need to you know, sort of make that that call as to whether to pursue the book or just use it as a little example, a little teaser. Yes, yeah, that's right. Um, sometimes we all need to be stretched a little bit. Sometimes we don't realize we're going to enjoy something. Right, a, the, Our first impression of it might be, oh, I'm not sure I like that. Mm-hmm. But if we give it a fair trial and stick it out a little bit longer, we might end up actually enjoying it and being mm-hmm. stretched in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So the parent needs to figure out where where that balance is for that mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. And if it if they give the book a fair trial and say, no, I really think this isn't the best one for my child, then fine, lay it aside and pick a different one. There are thousands to choose from. Yeah. So don't yeah. feel like your hands are tied. Yeah. Now, talk a little bit about a parent getting in the way of a book and a child. This, mm-hmm. this you know, you, you talked about narration instead of having lists of questions and um, trying to get the child. Well, the child is obviously going to see the book from a different view point than perhaps you might. They might be more interested in a certain path that the book is taking or a certain idea that the book has presented to them 
Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, in a true narration lesson, the parent does serve as the guide. Mm -hmm. And so we are a guide, but we are not getting in the way. As you said, we are not getting between the child and the book. Mm -hmm. And so we will look at the book ahead of time and see if there are certain parts we want to bring up for discussion, but we don't tell the child what to think about that book. Okay. Um, we let them narrate back to us, and then we can discuss what they mm-hmm. did find and what they didn't find. We don't just we do the same thing with uh, picture study. We present the picture to the child, and we get out of the way, and we let them form their own relation with that picture. Now, obviously, we choose our pictures very carefully, and we choose our books carefully, so that the ideas that are presented in there are good, loving, noble ideas, things that are worth the child's attention and Mm -hmm. wrestling with. But Mm -hmm. in a narration lesson, you're going to introduce what is going to be read just in a few words. Charlotte, I think the, the way most parents get in the way Charlotte nailed it when she said we give them a flood of talk rather than a brief introduction and whetting their appetite to find out what's in the book this time. We just inundate them with our own thoughts and our own enthusiasm about, oh, how great this author is, and I learned so much, and this is what I got out of it, and blah, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah, instead of standing aside. A lot of education Charlotte called the art of standing aside, and that's hard to do. But you think about it, those great books contain ideas from great minds and a lot of different great minds. And I want my child to learn more than just what I have in my own mind. I want them to connect with these other great minds as well. Well, tell us a little bit about Simply Charlotte Mason, where my listeners to go to, can go to find out more, because I'm sure you've wet their appetites for Charlotte Mason. So <laughs> give, 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 give us um, a little bit of information as to where we can go. If you go to simplycharlottemason.com, that is where I store the rest of my brain. And mm-hmm. um, it's basically two homeschool families who do Simply Charlotte Mason. Well, now it's three, actually. Um, Some friends of ours that we met 20 years ago at the beginning of this homeschool journey um, have combined with us, and we put all of our Charlotte Mason ideas and what we have learned along the journey up there, along with suggestions of how to get started. We have some sample schedules up there. We have some, as I said, our favorite books for each subject. And so you can see mm-hmm. how we lay things out. We've also written many books to help trying to make this technique very simple to implement in your home school. And I mentioned two homeschool families, now three, because our friends, Doug and Karen Smith, um, their son just married one of our daughters. Oh, and right. they are both working right. for Simply Charlotte Mason now. So now it's three uh, families involved. But um, okay. you'll find many things up there. <laughs> we send out a weekly email 
with teaching tips. We're in the middle of a Mm -hmm. series on narration right now, just answering everyone's questions about how to do narration, some of the fine points of it. So Mm -hmm. that gets sent out weekly and then also posted on our blog. So you can go there, and there's years of helpful tips and encouragement are there on the blog. We also have an online organizer, planner, that you can choose the living books that you want to use out of that database, that book finder, and and put them in your organizer, and it will feed it to you one day at a time. Here's the next mm-hmm. thing to do. We didn't want the organizer to be on a calendar schedule um, so that if you get behind, it slaps your hand. We've all had yeah. planners like that. Mm-hmm. And um, we wanted this to be more... Let it flex with real life because mm-hmm. life happens. Just mm-hmm. tell me what's next. Yeah. And, yeah. and if you don't get to it, fine. It'll wait until the next time. So yeah. that's what the organizer is like on our website. We also have a forum with wonderful Charlotte Mason moms who are all different places in their journey. And it's a wonderfully safe and kind and encouraging place to ask questions and get input from other moms. Right. Well, Sonia, it's been wonderful talking to you this afternoon. We've come to the end of our time, and I've been talking to Sonia Schaefer, who ministers to homeschoolers through her website, Charlotte Mason, and she she gave us a little overview of what that website will look like. You go and visit it at www.simplycharlottemason.com. And on it, you will find all the great living books that she and the other families who are involved have put on there, dictation exercises, how to do narration, uh, manuscript copy work. She has a free curriculum guide on there. And you just need to go there and find all you ever want to know about Charlotte Mason and more. And you can contribute. That's the wonderful thing is that you can contribute and ask questions as well. Sonia, thank you for coming and enlightening my listeners this week. You have a lovely weekend. Thank you, Vivian. You too. Bye. I was talking about writing for hours on end in Florida. My conversation with Sonia shows how important the reading, writing and recounting stories out loud skills are. My children are all good storytellers and writers because reading and writing formed the basis of my homeschool. I'm also the family historian and don't want to leave my children guessing about my childhood and who their grandparents were. So I set myself the task of telling about the last four years of my parents' lives and weaving memoir into it. My wonderful critique group gave me some pointers about putting in how I felt and suggested I show more of the characters, not only describe or tell about them. And I gave myself free reign with imagery and similes. The hardest part was coming up with words I knew I knew but had no idea how to access. And I'll talk more about that next week. Being homeless isn't always easy, especially when the storage unit is full to overflowing and we know where some of the things we now want are halfway back and totally inaccessible or maybe even all the way to the back. We were going to move into an apartment for six months when we first got back to Dallas, but after viewing what was available and losing the one we really wanted, we decided to stay where we were in the hotel. 
The thoughts of having to go into our very full storage unit and decide what to take to the apartment and then to pay to move twice into and then out of a flat once we'd found a permanent house was too daunting. At least here we have a comfortable bed, breakfast every morning whether we want it or not, a spare room, housekeeping every day, a kitchenette, two bathrooms, a living area and Wi-Fi Plus is convenient to family, friends and all the places we're used to, churches, garages, shops, cinemas and walks. I think it may make it will make us more diligent about the house hunting process and then we can leave when we need to without even breaking a lease. That's an asset. And we caught up with some films arriving back here in the city, Maleficent, a retelling of Sleeping Beauty. Angelina threw some awkward shapes, both Dorts and I noticed, but hey, we can't all be graceful dancers. How to Train Your Dragon Part 1, which was wonderful. Part 2 is meant to be even better. I wonder how American children manage with the strong Scottish accents. I found it a bit of a strain, but then I was watching it on TV, and the sound may not have been awesome through the tiny speakers. Then we went to see The Hundred Foot Walk. So great. Happy ending. I love those. Helen Mirren is brilliant. And I liked the little French girl. Her dresses were adorable. My southern gentleman a few months ago joined the Apple crowd and ditched his PC. No, he didn't. He has both computers running side by side on his desk at the moment while he tries to figure out how to send information from one to the other that didn't make it in the transfer at the Apple store. He looks really geeky. <laughs> we had to go into Fort Myers for one of his lessons with the experts on how to get the most out of his new computer. He has a whole year of tutorials to look forward to and I took full advantage of all of mine. Well, that's it for this week. We're off combing the countryside again over the weekend to look for prospective areas to live, not too far away from the city, but far enough away to enjoy fields and cows. We'll probably go and see a couple more films, and I've just promised Dorts I'll take her shopping at Sam's. I'm almost ready to let someone other than my cowboy read my manuscript, and I'll be prying my fingers off the keyboard and sending it out to a few friends. Thank you one and all for listening to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny, and I'll be back same time, same place next Friday. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband, who believes in love at first sight, our four children who are the result of that belief, the hard-working staff at Toginet Radio, my producer Casey, my guest, Sonia Schaefer, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Hannah, Pam, Anne, Rosemary, Kathleen, Esme, Millicent, Margaret, Jacob, Walter, Jane, Olivia, Tina, Austin, Amy, and oodles of others who are part of my growing audience. Stay tuned all the time and catch lots of great shows to help you through your day. Take care and be safe. Go forth in peace, for you have followed the good road. Go forth without fear, for he who created you has sanctified you, has always protected you and loves you as a mother. Blessed be God for having created us. Doop, 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 Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney.